A reading from Mark 11, 12-14. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Uh, yeah, this this is one of those statements of, or those actions of Jesus where you kind of scratch your head, unless you know some of the context, of course. Um, it, it, we, we refer to this as Jesus cursing the fig tree for not bearing fruit. So what's he getting at here? Well, I think what he's getting at is, so this, this language of blessing and cursing or blesses and curses would have been well known and well understood by the time Jesus came along. But that was understood in the context of obedience or disobedience to the law. I think it's Deuteronomy 28 and 29, which lists this, this pretty thorough list of blessings and curses, blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. When you obey the law well, you receive God's blessing. When you disobey it, you have to suffer the consequence of the curses of the law. Uh, we know from the rest of the Gospels that Jesus bore the curse of the law. Um, so the curse of disobedience is taken away. So what's he doing cursing something here? Well, he's cursing something that's not bearing fruit. And so there's a new framing now of instead of it being all, instead of our relationship with God being all about obedience to the law, no, it's about bearing fruit, the fruit of the spirit. When we follow Christ, when we allow Jesus to indwell our hearts and our lives, we will begin bearing the fruit of the spirit. That's the equation now, the new equation, instead of just obedience to the law. But if we have Christ and we don't bear any fruit, well, we're going to suffer the consequences, just like this obedience to the law. And I think, I think this moment where he curses the fig tree in frustration that it's not bearing fruit, is the reframing of, of the equation with um, not obedience, but fruit bearing in, in our relationship with God. What do you think, Eric? I uh, remember recording this. Uh, 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 this whole series started as recordings and not a book. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and I remember uh, sitting in your office uh, with Chuck Davis and um, being totally puzzled by this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, as I look at it now from the perspective of several years later, um, and having listened to your own sermons, uh, I think you have to see uh, the fig and the non-fruit-bearing uh, uh, tree as a kind of metaphor. Mm-hmm for uh, the world that Jesus has uh, parachuted into and uh, what, it, what he's come to do, which is uh, transform the barren tree or, or fruit tree into one producing fruit up to a hundredfold, hmm. which is mentioned in another context. He's, uh, uh, he's about spiritual fecundity, which is a wonderful word, <laughs> just popped into my head. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it's, it just means a fullness, a completeness, uh, 
It's like uh, that perfect spring day when all the trees have gotten their leaves and the flowers are coming out of the ground and the plantings are planted. It's a, it's a full, fruitful world. And that's the transformation that Jesus is hoping for in the people he is encountering as he is moving into Jerusalem at the stage of his ministry. Mm-hmm. Fecundity. I'm going to try to use that phrase sometime today. To, <laughs> the word of the day. Um, no, I think yeah, you're you're really actually filling out the gospel part of what I was saying earlier because the the great exchange, right, is that um, he would become he would go on to the tree of curse. He's cursing a fig tree here, but he's also pointing us, I think, to what would happen to him. Um, that you know he would go to the tree the cursed tree and he would die there but then in his resurrection this new life would come that's fecundity that's growth right um and we now live in the light of that resurrection life and i do think there's a little bit of a takeaway it's almost like a little warning for us you know if if that's true of us if we've died through baptism to our old self and we live through baptism to the resurrection life of christ if we're not bearing fruit, right? If we don't have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth, the fruit of the spirit, then you know we're not really getting the full picture here. And in, in its own way, we will live with the curse of that, so to speak, to use that language again. We won't be blessed, right? We'll be cursed because we'll be refusing this fecundity, this growth, this fruit, this gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'll just say one more thing on that, which is more or less autobiographical, but I've actually lived what you just explained. Hmm. And I would say the journey from fruitlessness to fruitfulness Hmm. was a hard, difficult, confusing, sometimes uh, uh, frustrating journey. Uh, For Paul, it was an instantaneous transformation. But even he had to go away for a number of years before he was ready to go out and make disciples of all nations. So it's something that, uh, you know, going to the purpose of doing a daily engagement in the story of Christ is just that. It's Mm -hmm. to bring Christ at some level into somebody's life so that they're remembering Jesus, uh, you know, more than just attending the church or, you know, reading the Bible every day. It's 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 an engagement because I think that's where so much fruit will come from. 